Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. Today's topic is we're in Genesis 13, and as I looked at this passage, this is Abraham and Lot. And I said, wow, there's a lot of different ways you could go with this. And I'm just thinking, what is God saying through this? Well, the bigger context is we're talking about Abraham's spiritual journey. So Abraham's relationship with his nephew Lot occurred while he was on a spiritual journey. So the question that we're asking is, how do you navigate your spiritual journey and relationships? I can tell you now that relationships will affect you. You can put a kid in a classroom. I started teaching in 1988. I did my student teaching in January of 1988. And I can tell you one thing. One kid can turn your whole classroom upside down. I tell you what, you get the wrong kid in there or the right kid, however you want to think about it. You get a certain kid in your classroom, he or she, and honestly, it's usually a he, the things that boys have done in the classroom. I remember I had a student one time who bit this kid's ear, and I said two things to him. First, I said, you're not Mike Tyson. I did say that. So even, even when I'm mad, I do have a sense of humor sometimes. But anyway, and I said, why on earth would you do that? You know, I'm not going to be able to get you out of trouble on this one. There's going to be a consequence. It's just no getting around it. This guy's got a bleeding ear. And we got to go into the principal's office and try to explain how in the world, what possessed you to want to bite his ear? You know, relationships are challenging. You know, relationships are challenging. And we see that. And we're going to see that in this story as we look at our text. Verse 1 of chapter 13, Abraham went up from Egypt to Nigeria. And we remember in Egypt, Abraham had lied and deceived Pharaoh. And God had disciplined him. And so Abraham had returned to Bethel. You know, he's in the process of doing that. That's what he's doing now. He's returning to Bethel. And he and his wife and all that belonged to him, and Lot with him. Lot is his nephew. Now Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver and gold, and he went on his journey from the Niger to Bethel, to the place where the tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, into the place of the altar which he had made there previously. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was with Abraham, also had flocks, herds, and tents. And the land could not support both of them while living together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanites and the Pezzocites were living in the land at that time. So here's the situation. Abraham has sinned against God. He's lied about Sarah, his wife. And Pharaoh found that out. His sin was exposed. So Abraham went back to Bethel to worship the Lord. And as he's journeyed, his nephew has gone with him. And his nephew has prospered. He's prospered. They've grown in livestock. 
and their herdsmen begin to have a conflict. Most likely there was only a certain amount of water and resources in the land for them, and they were fighting over it. So what's Abraham going to do? This has the potential, and you will find in your spiritual journey that relationships have the potential to distract you, and they have the potential to discourage you in your walk with the Lord. So Abraham noticed that the strife between his herdsmen and lots was going on. And on our spiritual journey, you and I are going to experience conflict with other people. There is no getting around it. And some of it, take for example Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas went out and found Paul. Paul was not connected to the local church because the local church was afraid of Paul. And Barnabas found him and took him into the local church and smoothed over that relationship. So Barnabas was the more mature believer. He was the more sensitive and understanding. So then there came a situation where there was John Mark. And John Mark went with Paul and Barnabas on a ministry assignment. And when things got kind of tough, Mark left. So when they got ready to go out and do ministry again, and sometimes ministry can be difficult. And I can understand both points of view. I can understand that Paul didn't want to deal with somebody that was selfish. Selfishness in ministry is an issue. If you're doing ministry with a group of people and one particular person is self-centered, it kind of affects things. However, Barnabas, being more mature, more experienced, realized that sometimes people need to develop. And God doesn't just send us people that are perfect. God sends us immature people who are struggling with weaknesses like pride and selfishness. And part of our love and encouragement and patience develops the person. Because later on, Paul said, bring Mark to me because he is helpful. So Paul eventually saw the value of this person who obviously had matured. But at the time, Paul was so insistent that him and Barnabas had to split up and go in separate directions. Now, God's sovereign. God is good. God is in control. So one missionary journey ended up being two missionary journeys. God worked through that riff in a relationship. But if you and I think that we can do ministry and we can live the Christian life together without any conflict, we are naive. But as believers... And as being in a time of peace and unity here at Crossroads, we are working together as one with one mind to accomplish God's work. We can study God's word. We can learn from God's word and learn principles about relationships and conflict right from God's word to prepare us from different challenges that we might face down the road. Certainly in our four years here, You know, Amy and I have dealt with several different relationships, and we've learned a lot. And your goal is to see everybody mature and grow in Christ. But the reality is, if you miss everything else today, I encourage you to listen to this this statement, is that you're not going to find a perfect person to live with, to do ministry with, or to be friends with. You're not. Every single person that you are in any form of a relationship with is imperfect, like you are. And it is your response to that will determine 
your spiritual growth. If you're bitter about that and you fall into unforgiveness, that's going to affect you spiritually. If you refuse to forgive imperfect people that you live with, do ministry with, work with, or just interact with, it's going to affect you spiritually. If you don't try to rein in your own pride and selfishness that you and I all fight with, then it's going to affect your relationship. All of us, every one of us, can probably point to a relationship that's been broken. I can remember, you know, without getting into detail, the first time one of my children, I won't even say which one, one of my children had a broken relationship. And the relationship, it was just one of those things where you go in different directions. It was so painful for me because I just value good relationships. They're so important, and you work so hard to maintain them. But even with that, things happen. And sometimes, you know, something's been said or done to the point that two people go in different directions. So how does Abraham deal with this particular situation? Because this has all the potential of a knockdown, drag-out fight between family members. This is, I mean, this involves their, their livelihood. And when people are dealing with their livelihood and their money, you know, Tension can be great. So how did Abraham deal with this? So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are family. We are relatives. Is the entire land not before you? Please separate from me. If you choose the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you choose the right, then I will go to the left. You know, when we think of Abraham, we think of a man of faith. Not only was Abraham a man of faith, but he was also a man very skilled in relationships. Abraham allowed Lot the first choice of where he wanted to live in the world. Abraham had that incredible quality of being flexible. That incredible quality of being able to put himself in someone else's shoes. He had that incredible quality that Jesus talked about, you know, and Paul talked about. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Put the needs of someone else ahead of your needs. Long before Jesus said the words, the golden rule, long before Paul wrote to the Philippians and said, let this attitude be in Christ, we see the Spirit of God working in Abraham where he was humble and unselfish. And look how this preserved this relationship. What this did, you know, my mom told me one time, and my mom was very good at getting along with people and smoothing out relationships. She said, in many relationships, it comes down to one person being unselfish. One person taking the first step and being the unselfish, giving one who's willing to lay down their rights. For somebody else. And that's what Abraham did to maintain this peace. Uh, and many people will make choices based on selfish reasons. So let's see what Lot did. That's obviously to, to kind of clue you in that Lot's not going to make an unselfish church. Not everybody's going to do that. And in this story, Abraham is unselfish. He's giving. He's humble about it. And Lot is motivated by what benefits him. Lot raised his eyes and saw all the vicinity of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 
like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt going towards Zor. So Lot looked, and he looked to find the best. So Lot chose for himself all the vicinity of the Jordan. And Lot journeyed eastward, so they separated from each other. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled in the cities of the vicinity of the Jordan and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked sinners against the Lord. Lot made his choice not based on what was the most spiritual thing. And I don't know about you, but when I make a decision and when there's a crossroads to choose between going to the left or right, one thing that the Lord has taught me over the years is try to think about which choice will help you best in your walk with the Lord. Which direction will facilitate. If you go to the right and you know that's going to expose you to areas that you're weak and temptations that you might have, then go to the left. Don't go head on into a bad situation. And we're not going to get into it today, but because of Lot's choice, eventually he had to be rescued by Abraham. And when we deal with people that are selfish... And you and I, in relationships, are going to deal with people who make choices like Lot. And there's going to be times that not only are you going to have to be unselfish, but you're going to have to help those people. Many of you have helped people. You know, you've done things for people. And you've done it, and you've kept your mouth shut, but you were probably thinking you did this to yourself. And you might even said, I'm going to help you this time. Maybe you've said those words. I'm going to come help you this time. And I don't know if Abraham said that to Lot, but Abraham had to go and rescue Lot because down in this place that looked so nice, Lot got kidnapped and taken away. And Abraham heard about it, had to go down there and rescue him. And then a little later, God tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It was so wicked and so ungodly that the best thing to do would just be to start over with people. It was so violent and horrible that God brought about judgment. And Abraham had to intercede and pray to God to spare Lot's life. And then even after that, we see Lot making some bad choices. So he was a, a man who knew God, but he didn't always live like he knew God. And we don't want to be that person. They're going to be influenced by the world, and they're going to make bad choices. And it's going to make it even more difficult to be in a relationship or be connected with them. And perhaps that's why God in his sovereignty allowed this separation. And sometimes there are people that God would have us separate from so that we can grow in our relationship and actually maintain that relationship. There are many people that you might know that... You might say you stay in touch with them, but you don't become too intimate with them. You can't live closely to them because of their choices. So here we are in the Old Testament, in the Word of God, and we're looking at Abraham on a spiritual journey, and we're seeing the same issues that you and I deal with, relationships. And what do we do in these relationships? Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, after Lot went in the opposite direction. So while you have these relationships, 
My encouragement to you is to focus on the main relationship, which is your relationship with Christ. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with people in this world that are not always unselfish and humble. And that's going to challenge you and draw you closer to God. But let's look what happened to Abraham. It says, when we walk by faith, we trust and obey God rather than seek our own way in every choice that we make. Well, Lot made a choice based on what he wanted and what would benefit him. Abraham made a choice based on what would ensure peace, what would maintain the relationship, and what would not compromise his relationship with God. So after this, the Lord appears to Abraham. The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him. And that's a key point. Sometimes after a relationship, somebody might separate from you. They might not like that you're speaking the truth to them. You know, God might, in his own sovereignty and providence, separate you from a relationship. And then that can actually be from the Lord. And he says, now raise your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your descendants forever. So Abraham had this confidence. When he saw the conflict, he wasn't thinking, how can I carve out a deal that benefits me? And one of the reasons I believe Abraham was at peace in this is because he knew God had already promised him everything he needed, and then some. Abraham was already blessed, and you and I are already blessed. See, God's already promised us. He's promised us that he is going to lead us and guide us just as he promised Abraham. So Abraham didn't have to live in fear and worrying. Sometimes we're too worried that we're being taken advantage of. We're too worried about other people. You know, we need to focus on our relationship with God. If you're in the world and you interact with people, you're going to meet a lot of people that are selfish. You know, you're going to meet a lot of people like that. And if, if I can encourage you, and if I could just do this myself, if we could just focus on our relationship with God, and seek to live at peace with all people, like Paul said, and not just head on into conflict and knock down, drag out fights with other people, that peace will be better for your relationship and your walk with God. And God would deal with those people. You know, you can rest assured, I don't want a, I don't want a legacy like Lot. I don't want Lot's legacy. And what caused his downfall? Selfishness. You see it in everything he does. He's selfish. And what caused Abraham's success, although he wasn't perfect, you know, and we aren't perfect, what caused his success? He focused on God. He trusted God. You know, he went through life, well, I will trust in you, Lord. I'm not going to trust in these relationships. You know, I'm going to try to help people. I'm going to try to be at peace with people. But my trust is going to be in Christ. I'm going to focus on Christ and what he did. And God continued to promise, and he said, I will make our descendants as plentiful as the dust of the earth, so that if anyone can count the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be counted. Notice how he said, I will make our descendants. You know, he's, he's in Christ. He's in God. It's a relationship. Abraham has a strong relationship with God. Not a perfect man, but a man in relationship with God. And on your spiritual journey that you began through trusting God and obeying Him, that you continue even when you fail, 
that you continue even in the midst of relationships with other people, all types of people. And the beautiful thing is God might bring some Abrahams into your life. God might bring some people into your life who are like Abraham. In my life, a lot of people have helped me. I feel an obligation to help other people. Out of respect to God who has brought so many people into my life to help me. You know, several years ago when I was teaching school, I realized how much kids struggled in math. And I started to tutor kids for two or three years. I just did it. Just, you know, just help them out. And the thing is, is just as I helped a few kids, you know, I benefited from people helping my kids. Your good deeds, your acts of kindness, you might give and give and give and think you're being taken advantage of, but it's just a matter of time. God's not going to let you go through life and not be rewarded for the good things you do for Christ. It will come back, and I've seen it. You know, helping people and being Abraham-like in kindness and unselfishness is not a waste of your life. It is the way to live. And the Bible is going to say about Abraham in chapter 24 that God had blessed Abraham in every way. And on his spiritual journey, the characteristic that we see over and over again in this man is faith and trust and genuine kindness and help towards other people and a humble, unselfish character. And that is my prayer that you and I would develop those qualities. God spoke to and encouraged Abraham after he resolved the conflict between him and Lot. Yeah, he blew it in the other story when he went down to Egypt and lied, but he nailed it on this one. He was unselfish. He trusted God. And as a result, God enhanced that relationship. Your sin will not make you lose your salvation, but your sin will affect your relationship with Christ. When we live in sin and when we don't confess sin and get right with God, it affects our relationship. And when we're doing the right thing, I was talking to someone a while back. They are, we've been talking and trying to come up with strategies for them to grow stronger in their Christian faith. And I said, what does it feel like when you go through the week and you don't stumble in areas of your weakness, they're like, oh man, I feel great. And if you go a month and you don't stumble, how do you feel? I feel incredible. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is God's relationship with you doesn't change. But when we are obedient and we are kind and loving to other people, it sure affects us a lot. Because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's a motivator. I don't want to feel nasty and yucky because I sin against God. I want to obey him. I want to find the joy in being saying, thank you, Lord, for the obedience, not, Lord, forgive me for the disobedience. Although that's part of the Christian journey, is confessing our sin and asking God to forgive us. But let me encourage you to pursue. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't just accept failure. Pursue to grow. Abraham was a man like you and I. Lot was a man like you and I. The only difference is one man was unselfish and one man was selfish. 
Pride and selfishness is at the root of all bad choices. When we do things purely to get our own advantages and disregard other people, it's going to lead to choices like Lot made. Arise, walk about in the land, God said to Abraham, through its length and width, for I would give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and came and lived by the oaks of Mabry, which are in Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. I believe this is the third or fourth time in Genesis that Abraham built an altar to the Lord. Building an altar to the Lord is worship. It's worshiping God. If you will worship all week and warm up all week, Sunday morning it's showtime, you know, you worship God. You practice all week and the game is on Sunday, you know, you go out and play. And if we read God's Word and grow, that encouraged me. I read God's Word some this week. I want to spend more time in God's Word, you know, because I know the benefit of it. I could feel that, that time alone with God to just focus on hearing from God and how important that is. You know, I encourage you to do that in your relationships. If you're if your spouse, I encourage you to say, let me take care of some things in the house so that you can have some time alone. My friend who's coming next week, he told me a story one time that when he first got married and he was overseas that he would get up in the morning and he would just go out and take a walk and just worship God and he would come back to his, his little apartment over in this country and he said his wife was in a bad mood, you know, and he'd come in there smiling, hey, praise the Lord, you know, woo! So he was all excited and she was kind of like on edge and then he said he realized that God was speaking to him that maybe some mornings you should get up and take care of the baby. And let your wife have that time alone with God. Because you're getting built up. And when we're alone with God, we are built up. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And for some of you, you might be thinking, what is he talking about? And, I, and, and it's just the Spirit of God just put that on my heart right now. That if you're listening to me and, and you're thinking, what is he talking about? I invite you to... Open up your heart and respond to God. Because there are many people in this room that if, if I could snap my fingers and say, I'll give you three days of uninterrupted time in a comfortable place in a Bible, for me with large print, amen? <laughs> I'm going to give you a Bible, I'm going to give you some worship music, and no interruptions, no pressures, no responsibility. You would be dancing, you'd be like, Whoo! Praise the Lord. You'd be happy. And some of you would be, I don't know. What would that look like? And as believers in Christ without judging, or you know, I pray that, that you would find that relationship, you know, that you would come to Christ because he's pursuing you and that you would surrender because there is nothing that compares to that relationship with Christ. You might have to not do some things as a Christian that involve a challenge, you know. But in the long run, in the course of a lifetime, there is nothing that compares to your relationship with Christ. And I encourage you to develop that and to grow that like Abraham did. That his whole life was spent building these altars and worshiping God and just seeking the Lord, and it was a beautiful, 
awesome thing. Trust and obedience is the key to our spiritual journey. And you know what? Relationships shouldn't change that. If relationships change that, then we, it might be a relationship you need to get out of. Trust and obedience should be the, the nature of your spiritual journey. Abraham walked with God in humility and unselfishness. What a beautiful example of a relationship with Christ. You know, being close to Christ should not turn you into a judgmental person. I meet some people who follow Christ, and, and it's almost like they use it to bully people. I'm just being real. It's like they brag about how spiritual they are. They talk about God, you know, like how God speaks to them and this and that. And it's almost like you make it seem really unattractive because you seem not to judge, but it's just hard not to feel judged by people that come across like they're here and you're down here. I remember one time somebody said to me, I said, wow, this is really nice. This, uh, you know, they're, they're, one of their relatives gave them a nice vehicle, and, and they said, well, that's just how God blesses you when you walk by faith. And I'm like, and then the same person, and on the same trip, I said, you know, I was a newlywed, and I said, man, you know, being marriage is a little challenging. They're like, that's just because you're not close enough to the Lord. When you get close to the Lord, that resolves all that. I mean, I left that trip thinking, am I that ungodly? Am I that unholy? Can't even get along with my wife? I don't get cars given to me? You know, man, what's wrong with me, you know? So I call up this friend of mine, and he started laughing when I told him that. He said, man, Mark, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, when I got married the first summer, we got the police called on us. We argued so loud. He said, I'm not, I hope you're not in that situation. But he's, he's like, brother, you, your situation doesn't sound that bad. You know, and I, then as I've gotten older and I've gotten mature, I realized that, you know, people don't always get along. And, and life involves, really, there's a reason why people preach commitment. Because sometimes times get tough. And, and sometimes, you know, when we get close to the Lord... We, we don't manifest humility and unselfishness. So let this be a litmus test. Are you humble and unselfish? If you're not, if you're convicted, if the Holy Spirit convicts you that you could grow in humility and unselfishness, then talk to God about that and seek Him in that way. Because that's what it resulted at in Abraham's life. Love God, love people. It's a simple assignment that we have. Grow in your relationship with God, and as a result of that, love other people. A great man is always willing to be little. Ralph Waldo Emerson. May we be that man or that woman who's always willing to be little, to put ourselves aside to do something for someone else like Abraham did in this story. Don't wait for people to be kind. Show them how. Broken or toxic relationships can hinder our spiritual journey. But if you focus on Christ and put Him first, you don't have that challenge. God will remove some people from our lives. Let God do it. We just have to let God do what He, what he wants to do in our lives. How do you navigate your spiritual journey and relationships? Embrace humility and unselfishness 
as a Christ-like way of life on your spiritual journey. Draw close to God, and as drawing close to God, become kinder and more loving and more unselfish and humble to other people. Trust God with the people he brings to us and the people he takes away from us. When you don't move the mountain, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish you could walk through. When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you, I will trust in you. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.